fucking neon Friday. <laughs> 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 what up? What up, E Money? How you doing? Hey, okay, Z Bomb. It's uh, Z Bomb. That's what they call me. That's what all my friends call me. <laughs> Actually, uh, I feel like we're misleading them. But with the people listening to this episode of Game of Bones, they don't know that we just recorded a secret podcast. Yeah, secret. It's so secret that we didn't even know it existed <laughs> until after it happened. <laughs> we, were, we were like, we were in the middle of uh, changing over uh, tracks from being deployed, and I was like, "Hey, uh, let's start a new recording." He goes, "You want to save this?" I was like, oh, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can get that up uh, somewhere else where it where it might fit in." Yeah, it'll be on a password protected website. Uh, the password is uh, you have to speak. The Dothraki word for friend to get in, actually. I, I don't think Dothraki would have a word for friend. It's probably a synonym with knife or uh, skimitar <laughs> or ponytail. One of the three. <laughs> this is Game of Owns. Uh, this is a Friday episode of our first week ever where we go thrice weekly. It's just me and Eric hanging out today because we decided to not tell Selena and Micah that we were making an episode without them. <laughs> Why do we do this? I don't know why we do this to ourselves. It puts a lot more pressure on each of us individually as podcasters. Yeah, I know. Not only that, but but then we don't have the uh, the the fact checking and the insight from the people who've actually read the uh, the books that we're going through. So the situation is this: you guys know this. You listen, uh, Micah and Selena. They have read all the books, and they're you know what? Sometimes they look down on Eric and I because we just don't know everything, and they laugh at us. Uh, we edit it out. So they seem much more likable, but they laugh at us. Sometimes they, <laughs> they, uh, they're degrading to us. And it's just like, they're just saying, you guys can't even read. Um, <laughs> Selena said, you could never make it in Sweden ever, ever. And so we feel bad about ourselves sometimes. So Eric and I, sometimes we get on Skype and we, uh, just talk amongst ourselves and yeah. Now we get to do it on the show since we've split it up into three episodes, and they just they just don't know this time. Yeah, no. Usually, like I'm a little hesitant at at, at really conversing and, and sharing my thoughts on the book because what if the people who've read it are like, dude, totally, it's it's not going that way, or you're way <laughs> off. And the other thing is, I don't want to know. I don't want to know if it's not going the way I think it's going to go. You know, I mean, by by book four, uh, Theon could have his own island somewhere. Yeah, you know, I just I just don't know. That is bullshit, isn't it? It's just like like because when I say Theon. Or Eric, don't be fan of Theon. He's a jackass. I'm not saying it from the perspective of he never redeems himself. You know what I mean? Right. They are. Yeah, though. they and are. So yeah. They, <laughs> like when they add that, you're like, oh man, I guess he is a jackass because he he actually doesn't redeem himself. Or or here's the thing, and this is what I think is the situation. They're probably yeah. coming there from the perspective of we're just gonna like be overly like it's like when you're over dramatic about shit it's like when you're on stage and acting versus on camera it's like you have to speak to the back of the room as well right, right so right. like they're being extra loud about certain shit because that's what we know right now and like yeah. flip side it's it's totally unexpected it's gonna take us by by the neck and throw us places you know what i mean i mean they, they, you know to their credit and we, we've said this before on the shows i think we openly admit it all the time like it's got to be difficult for them to to actually hang around with us Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and trying not to, you know, spoil us and still present ideas that don't seem as if they're influenced by having actually read the books, which is good. I mean, the fact, you know, I think the TV series is different enough that, you know, when we were analyzing the TV show, it was, you know, it was new and unique and their perspective having read the books was special, um, you know, comparing them. But I think, you know, sometimes for a book talk, you're right. It's it's a lot freer if it's just you and me. Things have been happening in the world of Game of Thrones as it were, in the the realm of Westeros. And, mm. and something happened, to, well, I didn't know if it really happened today. I think it's been happening for a while, but we all know about it right now. 
but um really interesting i i I was having a conversation today with someone about television shows being ambitious only on the surface like i'm talking about walking dead for example because i've been spending a lot of time um between work trying to catch up on it because i know that season three has been a big success so far it's only been out for like a few weeks but like walking dead is based on a pretty deep concept it's like a zombie apocalypse has taken over the world basically right Okay. Yeah, instead of running with that concept, it's going the humanistic approach, which is expected. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it can't just be a show about the makeup and creature effects. Right, but I feel like on one end, writers do that. It's like, well, this is a really neat thing. We're going to take this horrible life circumstance, but we're going to make it feel so real and humane because it's basically taking the things that you go through in everyday life and it's applying it to this outlandish situation. Mm-hmm. But what I see, I see a lot of these shows fail when they do this because they're doing that, but they're also taking the low budget approach. So like on Walking Dead, for example, it's like, well, we found this house. So let's do seven episodes here. And uh, you know what I mean? Like one zombie might walk toward the house during this episode or this, oh, a zombie fell in the well. So we got to get it out. It's it's like, so you, yeah, there's a zombie in a well. Yeah, he grew gills. Spoiler You're alert. underselling this show, Zach. It's a great show. I, I mean, it's not the best. It's pretty good. But my whole point is like, they're, they're in situations where it's like, and I know, and I know what, where they're coming from because I also do filming for a living too. So I know what it's like when you're. You can see they're working with a budget, and the yeah, budget's not very big. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I, I know what it's like when you're when you're wanting to shoot something, and you're like, well, we could get these shots here too. You know what I mean? But we're talking about my budgets versus these studios, and it's just mm-hmm. like I can clearly see that Game of Thrones does not have that. Like, think about how intricate a lot of the shit gets, man. Like where they shoot just for like one line. Okay. Iceland and stuff like nothing has anything on Iceland and Croatia. But that said, I I do feel like, especially in season two, because they were saving a lot of their money for Blackwater. Like we read this in interviews. They, you know, they said like Blackwater Bay, you know, such a money stack and, and look at it on screen. It looked gorgeous. But as a result, you had those episodes that mainly took place in uh, Tywin's, you know, dinner chamber. Right. And it was, there was a very claustrophobic feel to it. Um, you know, we just talked in, in my guess was, was it Monday's episode about the eerie and that one establishing shot of like the cliffs and the, the castles and stuff and how awesome it was. Like, but I need more of that. I think in the show, uh, because, Otherwise, you just have like a tent on a grass and it doesn't matter that they're in Iceland. Like, you you know, I guess the difference was beyond the wall. It was very, you know, all those mountains and stuff were probably real, not a set. Right. Right. So that was handy. But I, I really could use more location shots making the, you know, kind of what um Peter Jackson did with New Zealand. Yeah. Um, Even though he did really, to be honest, he transformed a lot of that into, you know, the what it was in the film. It, it doesn't necessarily look all that, you know just like he did. He it was very polished, but still he used a lot more. I think of the, the geography, the natural terrain. And I want to see more of these geographical anomalies in Westeros, not necessarily as much. I mean, by now we know the characters connect or the actors can, can connect. And so now I kind of want to see them act in their world. You know, it's kind of like taking a step back. Here are the characters. What's the world like where they live in? You know, I, I although I guess that depends on what you know what type of book uh, George R. R. Martin's written. You know, it is very character based, and there's a lot of lineage and crap to take to take into account. Right. I mean, I I agree. Uh, when you say, "Oh, I felt claustrophobic and shit," like I yes, but but I'm also thinking about like 
when it does cutaways to outside in Heron Hall, or I have an idea of what it took for them to build those sets. I mean, because mm-hmm. they a, a lot of like the the bigger buildings, like the shots that it looks like they're in a big castle courtyard, and there's like these huge crumbled walls. Basically, yeah. they're in a built set, and then the back wall is a green screen, and so they CGI in that shit, you know. Right. But still, that's I mean, a lot of the set is really built and they still have 30 or 40 extras milling about in badass wardrobe outfits. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think Karen Hall was 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 done pretty well. You could kind of tell it was a set. I, I think the honestly, the establishing shot of Heron Hall didn't do it for me. Um, so I actually preferred I grew to like the sets a lot yeah. when they weren't showing the overall because I think. I don't know if it looks small. I don't know if, I mean, it's, it isn't actually much to look at, to be fair. It's melted, you know, from, from a dragon. So right. there, there is that, but, um, well, taking your point seeing, see, so this, these are your thoughts of that. Even, yeah. even, even you think that that, which in my opinion is one of the most ambitious TV shows ever shot. One of the most, even, even you taking that and saying it felt a little claustrophobic and a little easy. Uh, I mean, you're, you're correct. I mean, it really depends on how you look at it, but like thinking of walking dead, for example, their version of this saving money on a shot is like a porch with the grass in the background. You know what I mean? Really? Oh yeah, dude. And this is a high budget show and this is how a lot of them are. Revolution, for example, I love the show. I feel like that's a show right now that's doing well enough. It's doing like Game of Thrones where they're taking the concept and they're not just, it's not just something that's in the background. It's not saying Game of Thrones is a show based in this kingdom with real world problems with romance and families, which it is. I mean, that's something that we've always said about it, but at the same time, it's also using those things from, from the world. It's like sword fights. There's dragons, there's uh wizards, there's creepy faces. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's actually, there's white walkers. There's, they're actually mixing that shit in rather than like, Oh, that's in the background. And so like revolution is doing that. It's like, Oh, well there, I just watched an episode where they were blowing up a train and riding horses. And like, there's like cowboy towns and you know, there's like, they're hanging out in abandoned bars in Chicago that ran, ran over by weeds and shit. Like, that's cool. Like, they're using the story in the story rather than just using it as a background. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Game of Thrones does that uh, really well. And they obviously have a massive budget. But we recently learned um, through a Making Game of Thrones post actually done through Cat Taylor. They officially have a third unit. So a lot like, um, you know, filming Lord of the Rings or filming The Hobbit, where you have first unit that director being Peter Jackson, second unit, that director being Andy Serkis, who plays Gollum. He was second unit director? Yeah, he was. Isn't that awesome? That's crazy, man. Think about where he came from as being Gollum, you know, 13 years ago. Oh, you're saying he's doing The Hobbit. He didn't do that for yeah. Lord of the Rings, did he? Yeah, no, he yeah. But I mean, oh, even, yeah, well, I mean, even then, man. The way that motion capture technology evolved literally around him, um, you know, I imagine they've got quite a bit more of that with the more magical creatures in, in The Hobbit. But also, so second unit, just correct me if I'm wrong here. You know, from what I understand of watching the Mummy DVD, and they're always talking about second unit, it's it's filming elements for the film that usually don't involve the principal cast. Um, you know, things like uh, lo- location, like if you need an angle and you need to show the set and stuff like that. They're they're getting that content, but without you know possibly something so specific that the director of the film really you know, needs to focus on for character wise or, or something in a movie like the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings. Yep. It's kind of hard to say who's principal cast and who's not right. Because you're, I mean, I guess they weren't that big of a deal when they were filming probably a lot different now because with Wingnut and Weta, they know that they're making the Hobbit and it's probably going to win Oscars. But when they were filming Lord of the Rings, I don't think that they knew that. So it was probably a lot more relaxed when it came to that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, for example, I think you're probably right. Like you're probably going to see like Peter Dinklage just still being worked in on first unit 
It's it's really hard to say though because they have such an ambitious mixture of characters. So so what does this mean third unit then? What how does this show benefit from third unit? Well basically this means that they can shoot more at one time. So they're shooting right now that they have actual call times for three units. So simultaneously they have three freaking units out filming three different things with three different directors. That's badass. Well, you know, hang kind on. Of, it takes a budget, I, man. I'm still I'm still asking about the impact because whether or not it takes them, I guess this isn't it standard like 10 days to shoot an episode of a of a regular TV series. This is obviously HBO, so it could take them a lot longer. We're still going to get the episodes. They're going to air every week, you know, after each other. It doesn't necessarily matter how quickly they, you know, matter to us how right. quickly they can film it. So are there any other considerations or consequences, you know, good or bad as a result of this third unit? Or is it just something that they can do like, oh, we're, we're faster at this. That's great. I honestly do. <laughs> it comes down to those weird situations where like, oh, it's Hollywood. What can we make this easier for us? How big can our trailer be? Like the things I've been able to film or the things that I've had to film, I don't even want to say been able to, things that I've had to film uh, and, you know, an unbelievably small amount of time, the things that we've had to edit in an unbelievably small amount of time, silly little bits like that. Like it's amazing what you can do if you have to do it. But when you, and this is the whole point of our conversation guys, but when you have a budget like this, they're able to add three units so it can take pressure off of these high profile people. So they work smarter, not harder. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that actually does make sense. So like a better show like less work on certain people and you know, they don't have to spread it out so much. Anderson Melisandre on a beach. Damn, not nothing here about Davos. So I don't know. <laughs> here <laughs> Eric's reading a bit from a uh, a newer thing, also from Making Game of Thrones. This is funny because it actually talks about something that I've always wondered, which is um how they get some of these set pieces into you know, onto the area. They've gotta carry them using obviously heavy machinery. Um so they have like bulldozers and stuff bringing in uh you know big set pieces or or other things like that and unfortunately i think this um <laughs> according to this report there was a um was a, tra- a uh, huge tractor hauling a trailer full of gear it has become stuck in the sand <laughs> wheels spinning it goes nowhere but further down <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is great. So they've obviously they're filming on on the sandy beach, the sandy cove, for a scene with Stannis and Melisandre. Sad to hear that she'll be coming back. I guess they got a truck stuck, and they're gonna have to either paint it digitally out of every scene uh, they, they film there. Can you imagine <laughs> them just filming there? Like the actors arrive on the set. And they're like, pay no attention to the tractor that's yeah. stuck in the sand. Look, look away from act, the tractor. They have to act around it, and like it gets painted out later. Also, none of you can wear blue today because we're painting it blue. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's that's tremendous. Um, yeah, it looks like they had to empty the tractor before they could move it. Uh, the weight of it, the weight of the stuff on it, the gear, whatever that, whatever it was carrying. It's so funny because like not everyone that watches the show, let's say probably maybe 1%. And that's probably being a little liberal of people who watch the show will have read this article or have heard this episode. And it's just so funny because it, it's, it's, I don't want to get into, I mean, I know we've been talking about filmmaking a lot and I don't want to get to a terribly long filmmaking discussion, but it's so even on a level like this, with the kind of budget that they have now, the kind of talent notoriety, it's still like going to battle every single day when you're filming something creative. 
Yeah. It's true though. Like they're like, well, what do we do? Do we paint this tractor blue or do we carry all the gear out of it? This is an well, HBO like Emmy winning show, right? Well, Melisandre's a damn witch. Why didn't she just use her magic to get it out of the sand? Exactly. Why didn't she just lift it up? She could spread her legs and it could uh, it could levitate <laughs> with the power radi- radiating <laughs> just out of it. It's a beautiful thing. The female body never ceases to amaze. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. There's been a handful of news circulating in the universe. We've, we've there's this really funny photo I'll put in the show notes. I don't really want to talk about it too much, but there's this. Uh, Danny and Drogo roleplay reversal where these two people dressed up at New York Comic Con and oh, we've basically God. got did you see that photo? It's no it's it's pretty funny. Here, I'll link you up. <laughs> this is this is unique. Jon Snow's getting darker in season three. Uh there's been a... <laughs> he's turning Japanese. <laughs> he's getting turned Japanese. Uh it's just a mixture of stuff. There's been a lot of neat things happen. Vulture put Game of Thrones on a top twenty five most devoted fan base. Where did, it, uh, where did it reach on that list? Number one, which is total bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> the most devoted fans? Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I mean, come on. No. Yeah. Come on. Last... Was it last week's episode or, or was it Mondays or or Wednesdays where we were talking about um, the Ned Stark and uh, Jamie Lannister scene? Uh, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Okay. So yeah. on the last episode, um, we were talking about that scene and I actually had a theory a really, really crazy theory that I wanted to share with you in, 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 in light of this freedom that we now have to discuss things without being immediately shot down. Let's hear it. Okay. Okay. So you know how like the white walkers are all super badass, And at the end of season two, like Sam is just like, Oh my God. And all these white walkers, like this whole, the whole army is like, it's his pants. Yeah. 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 So, so I always wondered like how they're going to be defeated in the end. So I was thinking with, um, you know, in regards to the last last episode's discussion about, uh, unfortunately, what happened to Ned Stark with his horse falling on him, um, I think, and this is just one possible outcome, but I'm thinking that they're going <laughs> to well, take, <laughs> they're going to take Ned Stark's horse, the one that would, the horse that was not too smart, kind of fell over, maybe was tipsy or, or something. We'll call they're going to breed it. So they're going to create a breed of these horses that are less than 100% fighting worthy. Fill horses. And then they're going to take, then they're going to take, get this Hodor, okay? Okay. Hodor the Halfwit oh, and maybe Moon Boy. Maybe Moon Boy because, you know, Moon Boy gets a lot of love in the books. Not so much in the show so far. But they're going to ride them, these horses, into battle. Into battle and, and it's going to be just an epic blunderfuck. Um, the White Walkers having to having to like fight these horses that are like gonna fall on them yeah. and just bury them into yeah. the sand. Yeah, yeah. I think I think. Well, let's get a fact check real quick. Micah Selena. Well, I think it's a good opinion. <laughs> Here's my theory: Jamie Lannister is gonna be the king of the North people. Uh, Jon Snow and Maya Stone are gonna fall in love and make little bastard babies. <laughs> So they're not going to marry each other just to be able to claim that no, they're children just, to our bastards. Yep. Hodor and Tonks are going to be um, a civil union. <laughs> they're going to they're going to love each other. For She's the rest of the not life. Tonks in this show. Man. Yeah, she might be. Uh, there's a lot of different things that could happen. Yeah, yeah. The world is so open. What about that comet, huh? Yeah. Also, the comet is going to destroy everything. That's what ice and fire actually means because comets drag a lot of ice with them. That's pretty much what they are in most cases, cosmically. And when it breaks the atmosphere of whatever Earth that they're on, it's going to cause some fire. 
and it's going to be a battle between the ice and the fire in the comment before Wouldn't that really here. suck though altogether if like all we're we're re- reading about this game of thrones and all these different kings are are trying are vying for power and trying to take it all over and then a comet comes and destroys everything and none of it matters that would be beautiful think about this man <laughs> all of it's raging it's getting crazy it's the long winter all right it's getting crazy a song for spring and all this stuff's happening the dragons are fighting the the white walkers and it's nuts right and then it's like the last handful of chapters talking about how the sky just got dark have you have you seen the end of the second planet of the apes called beneath the planet of the apes no okay then i won't spoil it for you but uh you should definitely check that out but um what i'm thinking is uh that it would be uh, just a pretty bad situation to wipe everything out but but also speaking of comets hurtling towards the earth although I guess it was a meteor I'm thinking of an Armageddon like scene where the three of Danny's dragons have to fly into space Superman style <laughs> and and literally redirect the comet and and she flies out there as sort of like a, a kamikaze or like a, a you know self-sacrifice staying on the comet you know, kind of when Aerosmith is playing right? and, uh, and, and sees it all off and, or, or maybe her dragons go stay with her or something. And, and then she's, but she saves Westeros and then somebody else, maybe Jorah is in charge of everything in Westeros. If any of you guys agree with our theories or perhaps have your own, now is the time to get them out because until next week when the rest of the cast joins us, it's just Eric and I. And it's it's free reign. Even if you've read the books or watched the show, pretend that you haven't and that anything could happen. Because the dragon apocalypse, it it might take place. If I could stay awake just, just to hear you breathing. And if you want to tell us how good that we are at singing, you can do that. Contact us. There is the keyword contact. Mm-hmm. at the email address contact at game mm-hmm. contact also being a very mm-hmm. good movie with jodie foster it was jodie foster right <laughs> yes and that was yeah. a great movie <laughs> i love that movie oh, very good movie wormholes cool metal stuff and great a movie. nice father-daughter moment to end them all um, great great but one. uh anyway there is that email address again contact at game mm-hmm. you can follow us on twitter contact or, <laughs> that one's actually just game of owns if you just search if you if you if you find people on twitter through their email address then that would be the one but if you'd like to find the username it's just at game, game of, of owns. owns that's yeah. g-a-m-e-o-f-o-w-n-s which is the same as our url uh actually on the web website mm-hmm. is game of owns.com this podcast is in uh cooperation with hypable.com mm-hmm. which um we had to, with them. Yes, we had to advertise without Selena on the last episode, and we're doing it again on this episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hypable is a great fandom news site for all of the fandoms that are Each of under them. under the sun. All of the uh, fandoms with attractive actors in them. Hypable <laughs> has you covered. And also, we each of the hosts have other podcast projects that are worth checking out. Um, Glee Chat, Hoot Chat uh, for Selena, I think. And uh, edition, of course, we we haven't actually mentioned edition on this show, have we? No, we haven't. Not one. Dude, actually. talk about edition really quick. <laughs> no way. Listen, if you guys, if you guys want to listen to this other show that I do, that's been going on for a while, go ahead check it out. If not, you can always listen to MuggleCast, which is a show Eric's been a part of for years. And Micah. And, and Mike. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, Mike is not here, so yeah. 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 yeah no. So we all have other podcast projects as well. Um, and odds are that, uh, one of them or more is up your alley. If you're a fantasy nut, um, 
or just a fan of good stuff. Oh, randomly, I don't even know why I'm saying this on here, but I said this on Audition last week, actually. But um, this is a redesign of my personal website, ZachLouis.com. It's pretty easy to find. It's just my name. And Ooh. it's just for a frame of reference because I don't even really know what I do myself. <laughs> so I try to make it easier for people to understand as much as I do. So it's You're just like my Guy website. Pierce in Memento. You have to leave yourself like little notes on Polaroids. Except yeah. Your Polaroids are on your website so that you can figure out who you are every morning. Yeah, I need to know if I can trust Teddy or not. So I have a website <laughs> to remind me about that. Uh, we Just have find respect- John G. <laughs> oh, I think uh, Micah's point was to do one for the ages. So yeah. it lasted all week. So we're still under the strict uh, rule of uh, Micah's last threat that only yep. five star ratings on iTunes are accepted. We've had a hundred and I think it was 49 reviews so far that are all five star on iTunes. Yeah. I'm as surprised as Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end of total recall when his eyes pop out because he doesn't have any oxygen. Every time I see that, that's pretty much what happens to me. So good job, everyone. Also, we've already had some feedback. I already did too in uh, New York city for the JKR event that we went to earlier in the week, but I got some feedback there. We actually met some game of owns fans um, who have since t- uh, tweeted at us and they were actually really excited about uh, the new format. Um, so some of our, some of our listeners, uh, you know, came up to me and Micah and, you know, got a picture and then said that they really liked the new format, which is uh, obviously all of our brainchild. Um, but mostly your Zach, I'll give credit where it's due. I mean, this was a uh, pretty revolutionary thought on your part to do these th- uh, segmented episodes. Uh, we're really excited about it too. We're extremely enthusiastic and I'll stop talking now, but essentially... The next show will be out next Monday. Um, you can expect it. Uh, regular like clockwork three times a week uh, here at Game of Thrones. Do baby. I'm Eric Skull. I am Zach Louie. Remember, always train your dragons. Never tickle a sleeping Jon Snow. <laughs>